Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player podcast. I'm your host, Jay, the number forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is the podcast page that is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's Anchor. FM backslash know your role player. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, or many, many more, you will get notifications like the episode you are currently listening to becomes available. All right, all right. That is hashtag K N O W Y A R O L E P L A Y E R. Thank you. Guys, welcome back. Today is Tuesday, May 16th. We got a lot to get to. Um, Obviously, I know you wanted to hear this podcast yesterday, but I was waiting for some news that I finally got. Once I got the news, got a couple of quotes together, I was ready to go. So, let's start off with the news that happened, and then we'll go back to the game. So, the Sixers did wind up um, So the Sixers did wind up firing Doc Rivers today, uh, letting him go. And in a statement from Daryl Morey, I want to make sure, want to make sure Daryl gets his exact quote off. He says. Um, Doc is one of the most successful coaches in NBA history, a full Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Famer, and someone that I respect immensely. We're grateful for all that he has did in these three seasons here, and we thank him for the importance and the impact that he made in our franchise. After having a chance to reflect upon our season, we've decided that certain changes are necessary to further our goals of competing for a championship. End quote. Now, let's start with the most obvious because I'm not letting a lot of people, I'm not letting people off the hook, right? I'm not, I'm not going to holler and scream on this episode. I got all the hollering and screaming out. I saved to do this podcast for the day because I knew Doc Rivers was getting fired. But while I talk about Rivers getting fired, Rivers is not the reason why we lost to the Celtics. And it's very important that we have that context in there. Now, Doc in three seasons took the Sixers to the second round playoffs. Um, they had one of the best pick and roll offenses in the NBA with Joel Embiid and James Harden. And for the most part, they were good. You know, obviously the Ben Simmons thing didn't work out, but that was fine. After trading Ben Simmons and him flaming out in the playoffs versus the Hawks, we get James Harden and we go against the Heat in the playoffs, flame out. Then we go against the Celtics in the playoffs after playing the Celtics years after years, flame out again. And, you know, if you look at it from Daryl Moore's perspective, obviously Harden didn't have the greatest... uh, relationship with Doc Rivers when they asked about him he said their relationship was okay but more importantly something had to change and the easiest thing to change is something that doesn't have a guaranteed contract that's the coach right but I want to be very very clear that Doc Rivers is not the reason why the Philadelphia 76ers lost in the second round playoffs to the Boston Celtics those reasons and the three reasons is this number one Joel Embiid number two James Harden and Doc is number three Obviously, in Game Seven, when they lost one twelve to one eighty eight, and I'll break that and I'll break that game down in a second. The second half was completely unacceptable. They basically quit. Um, they didn't show up any dog after getting punched in the mouth in the first half. They just kind of came out, went to the motions, and then Doc Rivers, you know, they, it was over. It was over, and it, and it shouldn't have been over, right? You were only down three at halftime. You had competed and kept the game close enough, and once they stopped competing, that was pretty much it. Number two, once the adjustment was made by Joe Mazzula to start Robert Williams into it and take away the pick and roll and stop everything inside, there was no counter adjustment to Doc Rivers, right? There really wasn't, all right? And number three, and this is probably the most frustrating thing, 
You have to find ways to get Joel Embiid the ball. The Celtics have a very simple strategy for years versus Embiid. Push him out in the high post. Once he gets to the high post, stunt, shade, double team, help him recover, switch up um, defensive strategies every single time and make his life very, very hard. And the Sixers have to do a better job in the playoffs as getting him easier shots. Again, they have to, right? And so, ultimately, does Dr. Rivers deserve to go? Yeah, I mean, he didn't respond to him this, in, in, in Game 7, right? There weren't adjustments enough. And listen, Doc's been buying his little time, but people have been over him, right? So, it is what it is. But Doc Rivers wasn't the reason why they lost. Again, my MVP, Joel Embiid, the guy that I, I, I will never stop defending, I love him to death, in the playoffs, did not perform to the same level as he did in the regular season, Right? 33 points a game in the playoffs, and that drops almost nine points a game. Excuse me. 33 points averaging in a regular season with 10 rebounds, and that drops almost a nine-point differential lower in the playoffs. Now, as I said before, the net series was a little weird because their whole strategy was literally just to take him out the game, right? And then he got hurt in that series. But when he came back versus the Celtics, you know, you you had your chances, you had enough chances to do your thing. Again, you're the MVP. The, the, the law of averages was supposed to support us, and at some game, he basically just supposed to go off, right? Al Horford is six foot eight. I don't care how much he has a low center of gravity and how good or strong he is in the post. You are just better than him, and you got to be better than him, right? Again, you were hunting this thing where you're obsessed with posting him up when a mid-range shot was there. And again, part of the reason when Embiid's struggling goes to um, Doc Rivers because you got to put him in a better position. You're the coach. If you see that this isn't working, no, let's try something else. You should have one billion ways to get him the ball, right? And again, the posting up is cool, but posting up and pick and rolls are the easiest things to defend in the playoffs. And when you get to the playoffs, it's all about adjustments. And there was no adjustments. But forget all that. I need my MVP and my player and my man that I defend to come through. Yo, in Game 7, you can't be having no 15 points and 8 rebounds. You can't be 5 of 18 as a center from the field goal line. It is horrific. It's unacceptable. It's, it's not getting the job done. But wait, there's more. You think that would be unacceptable, right? But you think like, all right, well, Embiid played bad, but Harden probably came through. Skirt! No sorry, Bob. James Harden was more trash than Embiid, all right? Harden, nine points, seven assists, six rebounds, one of five from the three-point line, three out of 11 from the field goal line. He got outscored. He was, out of all the starters, he had the lowest amount of points out of all the starters. Completely unacceptable. P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey all outscored James Harden, right? Um, Completely unacceptable. Listen, I'm less mad about Harden because I never believed in Harden, right? Even with the Sixers team, and since this is over, we can be a little bit transparent. I never, ever thought that James Harden was going to lead us to a championship. Now, if he did, I made sure every game he played great that I was fair and objective and always gave him his props a lot of Houston Harden podcasts. But I never, I never believed he was doing it because in his playoff history, he has a career of just shrinking in big moments. Now, he had two, two of the best playoff games of his career, but again, that wasn't sustainable. And what Harden always reverts back to was just kind of fading in the back not being aggressive, and the thing that he drives me most crazy about is he makes this face, right? He makes his face like he just got there, like he's shell-shocked, and he wants nothing to do with it. He was never being aggressive. 
He was never getting busy in that game, ever, ever. From the start of the game, he didn't have it. He, I knew he didn't have it, right? <sighs> so, let's actually go to the game. Sixers lose one twelve to one eight. Excuse me, one twelve to eighty eight to the Boston Celtics, and Boston wins the series four games to three. Now, on the other side, two stars did come perform to play. Jason Tatum, 17 out of 28, 6 out of 10 from the three-point line, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 51 points. You know what that is? That's called a superstar performance. And I, I know we get on Jason Tatum, and I always get on him for being inconsistent at times. In a game seven, he showed up more than once in the playoffs, right? And you would think that your best players would show up. But don't worry, his counterpart played well, too. 25 points from Jalen Brown, 9 of 19 from the field, Three out of six from the three-point line, six rebounds, two assists, right? So that's 51 points from Tatum. That's 25 points from Brown. That is 76 points from your two best. You know what that is? That's called showing up. If our two best players at least 70, 60, if it was close, we would win the game. But our two best players never showed up in the biggest moments, right? And again, I'm more mad at Embiid because you're the guy. I don't believe in Harden. So Harden just did what he was supposed to do because I never believed in him. All right? When he had his moments, I gave him props, but it was never happening. He he was He's never going to just – there's no dog in this guy. Now, you ask him, is there dog in Embiid? Okay, so that's kind of layered, right? Because there is dog in Embiid because he has that big playoff moments, right? Um, He's not afraid to take the last shot. He has hit game-winning shots in the playoffs, right? But this just wasn't an acceptable performance. So I do believe there's the dog in Embiid. But in this series, no. No, no, no. The Celtics own you. They're going to continue to own you. They own us because I'm a part of it too. Um, and it's just unacceptable, right? And, you know, before last season when we lost to the Miami Heat, all I heard was we need to get more mentally tough. We need the players that aren't afraid to get down and dirty. So you know what we did? We had James Harden take a discount, and we went to go get Daniel House, who Doc Rivers never played, and we went to go get P.J. Tucker. And you know what P.J. Tucker did? He came out and hooped. He hit three threes in the first quarter. He had 11 points, and he he brought the energy. He brought it. After the game, they go reverting back to this, well, we need to get tougher. Who? You know who they're talking about? They're talking about the two best players, right? And it was only more, um, more frustrating during the game was after the game. After the game, they asked Harden about his relationship with Doc Rivers. It's okay. And B was a little bit misquoted, but he didn't... They Neither one of them did what I needed them to do after the game. Nobody... And this is the thing I'm having a problem with in the league. Nobody wants to fall on the sword. And what I mean by that is accountability. This is all Joel Embiid and Harden had to say. Joel Embiid, what happened out there? I didn't get it done. I wasn't aggressive enough. I... You know, I just didn't handle certain matchups right, and my team depends on me. You know, I'm the MVP of this league. I averaged 33 points a game. I wasn't getting enough done, and I could have did more, and I let my teammates in my city down. James Harden, man, I wasn't even aggressive enough. You know, I was too passive. I wasn't looking for my shot. I wasn't looking to score. I was trying to kind of foul beating, and I wasn't getting it done. That's the raw truth. Now, obviously, there's a lot of reasons why they won't say that, but that's the raw truth, and it is so refreshing just to see a player just take accountability and just right? Because when you do have the dog and when you do have accountability, you definitely so And now a la Jalen Hurts. Right? When that dog is there, we can we don't we don't look past it, we kinda accept it, whatever you bring. You know, because it's not an effort problem. And both of those guys could have played way harder and could have played way better and 
I I do and and ultimately why a fire in Doc Rivers is okay because you cannot bring this thing back, right? The other problem with Doc Rivers is kind of like is kind of like fine and like mediumness, right? Just mediocreness. And they're not mediocre because they were a good team and he had success, but he's like, well, yeah, we'll just run it back and we'll just no 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 no. We're not running anything back. Doc, you can go, okay? Your other problem is, and I'm so glad I gotta get all these points off, y'all. So I apologize if I'm going back and forth. Doc hates playing young players. That's probably the number one reason why he's got to go. I am well aware that most coaches like to trust veterans in big games. But if you look at teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, uh, the Celtics, and the Miami Heat, they all have young players that they depend on. It's not it's some veterans, but they have young guys. And Doc is historically known not to believe in and not to play younger players, right? And so that is that's probably the other reason why he can go, right? Jaden Springer was never getting playing time. Isaiah Joe, who was a good shooter that we drafted from Arkansas, goes to OKC and immediately helps their offense, and he was never playing on our team. And there's time after time again with guys leaving the Sixers and going to be contributors elsewhere because they were young guys and they got believed in, right? Even our backup center, um... Excuse me, I want to make sure I get his name right. Paul Reed. Paul Reed had played 10 minutes, whatever. But Paul Reed can really play. He's undersized, but he plays really hard. He has great energy. He runs extremely well. It took almost 90% of the season for Doc Rivers to even try Paul Reed. And then every time Paul Reed made a mistake, he let him out there. But you can trade from some garbage backup center in the Miami Heat, and that's all good. And, 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 and washed veterans have to stop coming to this team, right? Listen. P.J. Tucker is a better player than T. Steibel, right? But one of my problems I had with P.J. Tucker was, well, when you drop zero points and not even looking to shoot, why is that okay when the same thing last year got another guy benched? Oh, because you're a veteran and you bring other stuff. Again, I'm well aware that he is a much more accomplished three-point shooter and a corner three-point shooter, but it was a philosophy problem. He did not keep the same energy when it came to veteran and young players, right? There are a lot of candidates that are out and that are going to have a chance. And I want to make sure I say this first before I get into anything else. I 100% fully endorse the Sixers making Sam Cassell the future head coach of the team, right? I've said this for a while before, but I think Sam has put a ton of time in. I think he's really smart. No, I don't think he's Doc Rivers. And yes, I think he's different than Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers does a great job of managing egos and kind of locker rooms, which is really important. But that's half of coaching. The other half is on the court. And I don't know how Sam Cassell is the X's and O's. I would like to know. But I, I just, I really want him to get a chance. If I hear the name Mike D'Antoni one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I have never heard a coach, a retrend coach, get so many opportunities and who name continues to come up. I'm telling y'all now. If we re-sign Harden and, and Mike D'Antoni, I'm out. I'm out because I already know what that is, and I don't want no part of that. Two, I hope that he fired Doc Rivers for the Doc Rivers reasons and not to pander to James Harden. Because after Doc Rivers, and like I said, the most important thing this offseason was that this, this was done, this unit and this group was done as a whole, James can go too. Now, let me preference that. Houston is expecting... Um, some people are reporting that James Harden is supposed to sign with them. The NBA draft lottery is tonight, and if Houston gets a top three pick, that puts a lot of things in motion. Also, they have cap space. Here's the thing. 
The Sixers can offer Houston more money. Excuse me. The Sixers can offer James Harden more money than the Houston Rockets can. And the only thing that could be the best thing for the Sixers is a shot as a sign and trade. So you have to ask yourself a question if you're the Sixers. Is there anybody on the Rockets that you would want? There are plenty of very, very good role players that we can take, right? Also, I'm going to be honest with you, the Rockets are one of the few teams in the league that can take Tobias Harris's contract. So I am not against a sign and trade. I really do believe that Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid can compete for a championship, but I know that's really hard because trading for Dame is kind of gutting some of your team. And, you know, you got to make things happen. But I, I'm just, I'm over the, this current unit. I'm over this current unit, and I no longer want to, I no longer want to see them perform because I saw everything I needed to see, right? So we'll, we'll just see what happens. So real quick, Adrian Wojnarowski is reported the Sixers search for a new coach is expected to include former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenhoser, uh, Sixers assistant Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, former Rockets coach, former Knicks coach, former a bunch of places that didn't work out coach. Nick Nurse, which is the former coach of the Toronto Raptors, and Frank Vogel and Monty Williams. All right. Out of all those names, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said before, Sam Cassell is my number one pick. Uh, Frank Frank Vogel is a beautiful defensive coach, but, you know, I, we, we're going to need balance. Nick Nurse is a very, very smart coach, but... He freaks me out because he's horrible at managing minutes. And the other problem we have with Embiid is injuries and, you know, being healthy in the playoffs. Um, Mike Budenhoser is, like, very similar to Doc Rivers where he doesn't make adjustments. He has a phenomenal record, and he is a good coach, but that's not what you need. Um, I don't get this obsession with Mike Dan and Tony. I, I want Embiid shooting 25 threes and, and just looking at James Harden while he tries to recreate 2018, man. I, I really don't. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm Moving forward, things that are going to have to change is if it's up to me, unless James Harden takes a significant discount, I do not want him on his team. If the Sixers play James Harden a fully max contract, and again, I know this is hard because Daryl Moore is obsessed with James Harden because having his success is literally attributed to Harden, so I get it. But if the Sixers sign James Harden to a max contract, I'm done. I'll never stop being in fan. I'll never stop rooting for him. But I promise y'all, they'll get talked to. They'll only get talked to on this podcast, literally just because I have to, because I have to talk about all teams. But I promise you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm. You, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, and expect different results. All right. I'm talking about with the coaches, with the players, with everybody. It, it's just insane. So we cannot, we cannot do that again. I wanted to come on here, snap, and scream at the top of my lungs. I'm not going to, though, for a lot of reasons. I'm going to just say this. There is no dog in James Harden. That's my biggest problem with him. It's all, it's, it's no resolve. There's nothing in there when it's like it gets tough and it's like you've just seen, you've just seen so many great players. I'm not even going ever do Kobe because it's not even fair. But even even LeBron, right? Now, I'm, I know I'm not the biggest LeBron game, but when it was time to show up, game six in Boston, right? Every superstar player has had that moment, and again, and B too, every superstar moment when he had to find that inner dog and just saying, yo, I'm not losing this game, you're going to respect me, and you will remember who I am. That is never happening from Harden. Embiid, that, that has happened at times, but in this series, they just completely shut him down. 
and pushing him out to the three-point line. He has to do a better job as far as early post um, spotting. And what I mean by that is you have to get down to the court. You have to establish good posts and spot inside 10 feet or less inside the um, paint and need to score. And he gets pushed out of here so much. I know he can face up, but uh, again, he he has a lot to learn, man. Again, he won MVP. He's not a bum. You know, um, we don't need to trade him. But if James Harden goes, we are in some real trouble, and we there has to be a plan B. You know, the one thing I'll give Daryl Morey is I thought the role players were fine. Uh, there's some other guys i like to see play, but if we can get off of Tobias Harris' contract, we can probably make some things happen. But um, right now, man, I'm, I'm just kind of – reassure what I thought, man. Um, and and the, 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 the dynamic needs to change. All right. All right. So we have two series that we have and we have um, a couple things to get into. So first things first, the Los Angeles Lakers are going to play the Denver Nuggets and the Denver Nuggets are favored by six and a half. That's a little high. Um, it's funny enough because all four teams in a bubble are now in the final four again. So, bubble validated? Bubble validated? All right. Um, I've been thinking about this game for a while, and I'm kind of on the fence with it, right? And I'll be honest with you. I think the Nuggets are way more of a threat and have way more versatility scoring than the Golden State Warriors. But I, I, I like Jamal Murray, but I don't love him, and I feel like it might be easier to stop Jamal Murray in some instances than it was Steph Curry. So here's the thing. I, I believe if the Lakers put Anthony Davis on Nikolai Jokic, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I don't say that because Jokic, Davis is a, is a phenomenal defender, but Davis is better as a help defender and as roaming, right? So you would ask yourself that maybe the better thing to do is to have Davis play uh, Aaron Gordon and help off of Gordon and kind of protect the rim while putting Vanderbilt on Jokic, right? Because one thing about the Nuggets, they're going to have Jokic come off of screens, pin downs, curls. You're going to be moving, right? And the thing with the Lakers is, is that you can wear Anthony Davis down. Jokic can go. No matter what I say about Jokic, he can go for 48 minutes. He can keep running, keep doing the same stuff. He can finish over traffic. He's going to give them a lot of problems. And so you ask yourself, they'll probably start Davis off on Jokic, but maybe Vanderbilt might be getting better because you want to make sure you have Davis here as a helper. But at the same time, Jokic can get that shot up quick. Um, I ultimately think the guard play is much better um, in this instance than the Lakers. The Lakers don't have great guard play, but they do have LeBron James, who facilitates and acts as a guard at times. I think this is a much better matchup for LeBron where he should be able to score because even though the Nuggets are a good team defensive team, I still think they're very susceptible to giving up big scoring outings to superstar players, right? So I've been trying to think about who I'm going to pick, and I'm going to pick the... Actually pick the Lakers in six. I wanted to pick the Nuggets, but I couldn't find myself getting to it. Um, And again, I have to always be fair. I believe in this series that LeBron James should excel, and this is why. So, one, I always talk about three-point shooting in the, in, the, in the playoffs, but these teams are 25 and 26 as far as three-point attempts. Neither one of them are great three-point shooting teams, but they got guys that can get hot, right? So, 
here's my reason why I'm picking the Lakers. I believe that LeBron James can play some bully ball and it can really attack Jokic's feet in the pick and roll. I believe you can not neutralize Jokic, but I, I just believe you can stop him from just scoring at ease, right? Now, the only problem is Jokic can draw a ton of fouls. And so Davis getting staying out of foul trouble in the series. And to me, you really, you really beat Denver up with your guards. And I don't think the Lakers have great guard play. But, again, I think LeBron should really destroy this matchup. Um, I think he has to be much better. I think he has to be better in the post. I think he has to score more and he has to look to score more. You know, obviously in the last series there were other guys that were stepping up. But I think in this series for the Lakers to win, he's got to be better. You know, he, he had moments where he was really assertive versus the Warriors, so he's got to do that more. And I'm banking the Lakers winning on LeBron just averaging close to about 30 points a game. Now, I know that's crazy. About 23 or 24. And the last two series, but again, I think this pick and roll needs to be way higher, and I think the Lakers are going to look to attack Nikolai Jokic's feet, right? I also think that Davis is going to be big offensively and defensively, putting pressure on Jokic, and trying to see who's going to wear down faster, right? Remember, when they played two years ago, the Lakers were a completely different team, and they actually had Caldwell Pope. Um, but the swing player for the series to me is just Obviously, Jamal Murray can score in the mid-range, but Jamal Murray actually is a really, really good post-up player. If he can get post-ups versus Dennis Schroeder, uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, and all the, the Lakers' smaller guards, I really think he can kind of swing this series. So, it's a pick em series to me, but if you had, if I had to pick, make a pick, I'd pick the Lakers in six, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Nuggets uh, won this series. So, as far as Brian James' aggressiveness. I do think he has to be, look for his shot more. He has to play downhill and pick and roll more, and he has to attack Nikolai Jokic's feet. Also, they try matchups with the smaller people on him. He got to go at that. They try to put Aaron Gordon on him. He got to go by. He's got to be better. And look, this is such an important time for LeBron because you can legitimately win your fifth championship here, man. And uh, we all know what that means. But forget all that because that's a long way down the road. Uh, again, I'm going to pick the Lakers in six. I just think the defense can suffocate the Nuggets. But the Lakers' three keys are LeBron James' aggressiveness. Anthony Davis' health, right? Y'all laughed at me when I told y'all he owed me two knee, two injury scares, and they gave them to me, but they survived them. Now, he owes me two more injury scares in this playoffs because he's going to start grabbing something. Whether he gets hurt or not, I don't see, but, you know. But he's going to grab something at some point. The guard put But I just think the Lakers are a little bit better. I think they can rebound as much as them. I don't think that the three-point difference is going to be a big point. And again, LeBron James' aggressiveness, Anthony Davis' ability to roam on defense, and others. Hashtag know your role players. Uh, Reeves, Hamuchimera, one of them, some of them role players, they got to step up. I don't know who, but some of those role players got to step up. As far as the three keys for the Denver Nuggets, um... Jokic, Murray, and Porter Jr. I think the one good thing that the Denver does have is Aaron Gordon, who did give Durant some problems with his strength. Now, 
LeBron don't got no strength problems, and I've heard him say playing Gordon, yo, you ain't about to muscle me around. You ain't. But that's a legit guy to put on him. Now, obviously there'll be some cross switches, and we'll see who guards him. But, again, for the Nuggets, you want to get Jamal Amari off in the post. I think you can take a ton of advantage there. You want Nikolai Jokic to get at that three-point line, right? Remember, the Nuggets, the best thing that the Warriors did was they put um, – Anthony Davis in pick and rolls because there was no elite help defender because the best defender is guarding him. So we'll see if the Nuggets do some of the same thing. Um, obviously, Davis can rotate and move his feet very well. Uh, Davis's foul trouble is very important too. So listen, obviously, uh, number one is post play by Jamal Murray, right? Three-point shooting obviously is important, but I think that the number two thing is Michael Porter Jr. and consistency. He has to be a consistent threat as a scorer, and when they put those smaller guys on him, he has to still look to score and take advantage of those matchups, all right? And number three, and most important, is composure. I do believe that the Nuggets have everything it takes to beat this team, but they got to believe it, and they got to do it, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to have matchups, and you got better guards and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown, but you got to keep your composure in big minutes because you can do it, and game one is really important. It doesn't mean everything, but it means something, right? So I'm going to take the Lakers in six, but honestly, it's a pick em series. I've been going back and forth between Lakers in six and Nuggets in six. I'm going to take the Lakers, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets won the series. But I just feel like the Lakers can do enough to defend um, Denver's best players. On the other side, the Miami Heat are giving a 3.3% chance to win. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um Obviously, Boston's a better team, but I, I don't buy the uh, Boston in five and Boston in four. I, I know Boston. Boston plays up and down the competition, and though I do think they're not going to play around with Miami, I just don't buy Miami just getting dogged out, man. So I got Boston in seven. Yes, I got it in seven. Um, Just something about Jimmy Butler and the ability of Will, you know, and the dog. He has the dog in him. Now, I know you're thinking, well, they didn't have Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero got hurt late in the last series, too, man. They're going to find a way. You're going to get a much better Bam. He plays much better versus the Celtics. Uh, and they're going to steal some games, man. Again, they're going to steal some games. They're going to yuck it up. They're going to make the series ugly. I'm looking forward to the series because it should be much better. Here's the thing. In my humble opinion, I'm, I'm giving Jimmy Butler the ability to push this series. But realistically... Boston should win in five or six games. But I don't think that's happening because I just don't think they're that type of team. They play with the Maybe they might show a different, you know, um, different things, but I, I don't believe so, right? All right, so the last thing I want to get to before we get out of here is one of the most important nights of the NBA is tonight. And that is the NBA draft lottery, right? When is this thing? This thing is at 7.30, so I'm going to get out of here just in case. Tomorrow morning, emergency podcast, draft lottery, recap of the game. Um, I'm going to get that to y'all early. I'm going to get that to y'all early because that's what y'all need, right? So Victor Wimbignana is the prize, and this is big for the Sixers too because if the Rockets get the number one pick, um, they're going to make some moves. Now, in my humble opinion, this is, I ain't going to say it's fixed, but this is going to a small market team. So two players, two teams to me are going to get the number one pick. Either the Pistons or the San Antonio Spurs. Other things could happen, sure, but I truly believe the Pistons and the Spurs are going to get the number one pick. A small market team is going to be helped. And, yeah, I think that's it. So we'll see what happens. I appreciate all the love and support. 
Please like, share, and subscribe. I will be back tomorrow with a recap of game one. Uh, we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into game two. I didn't do a big one here because I got a pod tomorrow. Uh, I love y'all. Hashtag NBA playoffs. Hashtag know your role player. K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R. And y'all be good. Peace.